Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Well, good morning. How y'all doing? Y'all glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Say amen. It's good to be here with you. Glad that all of you can make it this morning. The weather outside is frightening, but you know what? We'll be okay. It's kind of scary what it's doing out there sometimes. But we know that it's January, so we're ready for it, right? Uh, Mark, I don't know if you know this or not, but bad weather's here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen bad weather. Bad enough for me. I don't want no worse. But anyway, it's good to be with y'all this morning. It's good to have each one of you here. Terry, good to see you again. Nice to have you around with us. Good, Glad you could come with us. But uh, we're going get, to get on with our day and do what we need to do. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have to come together this morning. We thank you for the many blessings you've given us. Father, we lift up the sick that are out ill today with whatever COVID, whatever's going on. Father, we just lift them up to you this morning for healing. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we've had this week to minister to other people outside of the church. We thank you for bringing people into our, into our places that we can do the work that you've called us to do. And we ask that you just continue to bless us in that and that we continue to be able to help others. Father, watch over us as we go through our day. And I ask a special blessing this morning upon the offering as we take it up, that it benefits you in the kingdom of God, that we can do the things that we need to do. Our numbers are a little bit down right now. Our attendance is down a little bit right now. But we're asking for your help and your divine appointments that you will make it work the way you need it to. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want y'all to go with me this morning to Romans. We're going to go to Romans chapter 1. And I know we talk a lot in Romans. We talk a lot in a lot of the, the scriptures. We repeat things around here quite a bit, don't we? But you know what? God's word is still God's word. And when God says do it, I got to do it. So I tried to do Acts, but he wouldn't let me. So he took me back to Romans to start there again. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless the reading of the word this morning, that you bring an enlightenment to our lives, you bring knowledge to our bodies and our spirit. Father, teach us how to live in the spirit, not in the flesh. Watch over us as we go through this service this morning. Let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do in each one of us. Let us receive what we can from it. Open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear. According to the word of Jesus, amen. You know, I get, I get frustrated just like y'all do. This weather frustrates me, and I hate cold. I hate wet weather. But you know what? God's still here. God said, get up this morning, go do your thing. And here I am. Y'all in chapter 1 of Romans yet? Say amen. All right, let's read the word. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to, separate to the gospel of God, which he promised before the, through his prophets in the Holy Spirit. I can't read this morning. Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of the holiness by the resurrection from the dead. How much power and how much strength does Christ actually have? It's unlimited, isn't it? He was given the spirit of the Holy Spirit inside of him because of his birth to David. He was born of spirit and flesh. Which one overruled his life? Didn't the spirit of God multiply in him and he lived more by the spirit than he did by his flesh? Oh, are y'all getting are y'all getting kind of a weary feeling on your body right now? You better be, because I'm fixing to unload on you. We as people are born of flesh, but we are born again of the Spirit. And if you're truly born again of the Spirit, what lives inside of you? God lives in you. Jesus lives in you. And the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, not around you, not that He comes and visits. He's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How much power do we have in that? Christ said we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Once I've accepted Christ, what is my weakest point? My flesh. My flesh will bring me to disaster, won't it? We all have that problem, don't we? We allow our flesh to get in the way of what our spirit's telling us to do. I'm, if your feet hurt, pick them up. I'll try to be easy, but I'm not going to promise anything. You see, we have become a sissy society. We've become sissies when it comes to God. We let everybody else's influence tell us what to do. Oh, I didn't say that out loud, did I? Yeah, I did. We become so sissified that we forget that we have the power of God to do whatever God tells us to do. Can y'all can y'all keep relating to me for a minute? You see, if God tells me to move that mountain and I have faith enough of the, of the size of a mustard seed, that mountain has to move. Can y'all imagine that for a second, that you had that much faith that if you looked at the Rocky Mountains and told them to go to California, they'd go? <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? God said I can do that. God also said that I can pray for the sick and heal them. God also said that I could do a lot of things that Jesus did himself, but yet we don't do it. We don't even try to do it. It would scare us to death if we actually tried it and it worked. We'd all have heart attacks and fall on the ground. It's because we do not have the one thing that God requires us to have, requires us to have and that's faith. Our faith is limited by our stinking thinking. 
Oh, Jr., you don't know my life. How can you say something like that? I don't have to know your life. I don't have to know what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what you were. The moment you nailed down and asked Christ to come into your life and you crucified that old flesh and you took on the new body of Christ inside of you, you became a brand new person. Oh, but J.R., I'm addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to pornography. I'm addicted to this. I blame everybody in the world for my problems. My famous saying is what? Build a bridge and get over it. I built my bridge. My bridge is the cross of Christ. Uh-oh. When I accepted Christ on the cross that he died for me, that cross is my bridge. That death of Christ is my bridge. And how do I know I'm successful? Because I read the resurrection. The resurrection of Christ is victory over death. Are y'all following me so far? We have won the battle of death. Do y'all believe that? So you don't have to worry about dying, right? There's no fear in dying anymore. Really? Really, there's no fear in dying anymore? Why does people worry about it so much? Huh? We don't know. And why do we not know? We don't trust. We don't put our faith where our faith belongs. Where does my faith belong? My faith is in Christ who strengthens me, who can do all things through me, and I can do all things through him. But yet we still fear, don't we? We worry about things. We, we put emphasis on stuff that's not important. Y'all remember Ecclesiastes last week? Been there, done that, hadn't we? We put too much emphasis on the things of the world and not enough on the emphasis of God. We look through these eyes and we see turmoil. We see corruption. We see bad governments. We see bad laws. We see bad right violations. We see racism. We see all the other stuff that's going on around us. And what do we become? We become racist, bigots, hypocrites, and all those other words that we don't like. Because we don't become the one thing we should become, Christ-like. Oh, but J.R., I'm not Christ. Yeah, you are. Let me tell you, you are Christ-like. You can be Christ-like. And how you become Christ-like? You spend time in a relationship with him, and you learn what he says to do and how he says to do it, and you quit worrying about, John I ain't picking on you, but I am. Quit worrying about what John's doing and start looking at what you're doing. The Bible says, get that tree out of your eye before you try to remove somebody else's thorn. Oh, I'm accountable? I'm responsible for something? Who am I responsible for? 
Well, I wish that was so true. I'm responsible for everybody that I know. I'm responsible for everybody I don't know. Am I their judge? No, I'm their teacher. Guess what? You are too. You're to teach the Word of God just as much as I do. It's your responsibility to share what God has done with you to other people that don't know Him. And how many of us take that responsibility seriously? Not enough. And how often do we take that responsibility? Not near enough. Because we look at the world and we see all the woes and the what could have been and what should have been and what we want the world to look like, we forget what God put in us. And what did God put into us? Himself. He put Himself in our flesh. But what are we supposed to do with that? First off, we have to kill that flesh thinking. Accepting Christ kills the sinful nature that we were born with. But do we really let it die? Do we really let our sinful nature die? We keep dragging it back up, don't we? We keep trying to give our testimony of what happened to us 25 years ago or what or put our complaint department 25 years ago, and we forget that when God said, you invite me in, you became a new creature in Christ with a clean slate. What's that mean? Everything that you were, everything that happened to you, everything you went through, everything you know, everything you experienced is wiped away. And you get to start over. Thus the word, born again. If I'm born again, what's that mean? I get to start over. I get to learn new habits. I get to learn a new way of living. But I refuse, but I refuse to submit myself to God's will. And why do I refuse to do so? Because I'm still trying to live that flesh life that I'm still trying to live in those days when I needed cocaine to fill that hole in my heart. I'm still trying to live in those days when I needed booze to get through the day. I'm still trying to live in those days when I was raised in a bad atmosphere. I still try to live that stuff. I let that stuff dictate my present. And what's God tell me to do with that stuff? Lay it down. Put it down and stop feeling that way. Stop living that way. Stop letting that hurt come into your life. Oh, but Jerry, you don't know what all I went through. I don't know everything you went through, but I can tell you somebody that does. My Savior knows everything you went through. And he died for everything you went through to be wiped away. Who's not allowing it to be wiped away? Oh, I, I hear people all the time saying, myself or the devil. We blame it on everybody, don't we? Well, my family won't accept that I changed. 
they don't see the change in me. Well, I'm going to get you below the belt here a little bit. Maybe the change you're making ain't as obvious as you think it is. Maybe you're still walking around with that same look on your face or that same attitude in your heart or that same way that you were before you accepted Christ. You're still the same person you were the day you asked Jesus into your life because you haven't laid it down yet. You haven't become what God intended you to be as a new creation because you still want to walk around. Oh, Tony, they start throwing things and get in front of me, okay? You still want to walk around letting your own woes dictate who you are. You don't want to give it up because you like the attention. You like the attention you get for being, oh, I'm a poor old alcoholic and I just can't quit drinking no more. I never learned how to do that without having alcohol in me. Am I right? Am I touching some toes this morning? I'm going to rock the boat a little bit more. You're not going to get over it until you get over it. Until you put that stuff in your past where it belongs, you're not going to quit receiving those things. How do I do that? How do I turn away from what I've known my whole life? How do I change things that I've done my whole life? You want me to tell you how to do it? First off, if you want to quit smoking, how do you quit smoking? You don't buy anymore. And you don't go bumming off of nobody else. And if you want to quit drinking, how do you quit drinking? Quit buying it. You want to quit smoking dope, how do you do that? Stop buying it. Get away from where it was and come back to God's house. I guarantee you, well, I can't guarantee it because I don't know all y'all that well. There may be some drug dealers in here, but they are. They're very, very sneaky about it. But in God's house, you have a chance to turn away from all those things. The Word of God, if you put more of the Word of God in you than you do the dope in you, you're going to feel better about yourself, and you're going to be better than you were, and you're going to start changing some stuff. How do I know? Been there, done that. Got the T-shirts. Oh, I know not everybody in this room was a drug addict, an alcoholic, and an outlaw, okay? I understand that. But you don't have to be a drug addict, an alcoholic, or an outlaw to live the wrong life. You can be that goody two-shoes and still be living a sinful life. Sin does not necessarily mean that you deliberately broke the law or you put something up your nose or you shot something in your veins. Or you pop the top. There's other sins that are just as bad as that. Stinking thinking is one of the biggest ones because when we start stinking thinking, we start thinking about, well, you know, I'm not that bad a person. I didn't do any of those kind of things or anything else. But that Johnny boy down the road, he was a terrible influence on people's lives. You just sinned. And you just sinned to a point that the Bible says, Judge not, yea, you shall be judged likewise. So when I accuse you of doing something, guess who else I'm accusing? 
How many times y'all seen me do this? When I'm pointing at you about something you're doing wrong, there's three fingers pointing back at me. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And guess what? They are the judge. They are the ones that know you. They are the ones that see you. They are the ones that walk in your footsteps everywhere you go. Oh, Jr. I don't take God into Yeah, you do. If you took Christ into your life, wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you watch, whatever you read, whatever you say, you're dragging Christ right in the middle of it. And you know what's really cool about that? He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He's right there for you when you say, God, I've had enough. I can't do this no more. He's right there. And what's he going to do when you say, I've had enough? He's going to pick you up, and he's going to wrap you in his arms, and he's going to pet your back, and he's going to tell you what a good person you are. He's going to fix whatever you're doing wrong. But who has to allow that to happen? You do. JR can't do it for you. I guarantee you, if I could fix all of your problems for y'all, it would already been done. Because I love all of you that much that I would go into your house, clean your house up, fix all your problems, and make sure you never had another, another problem in your life. All I can do is teach you what the Word of God says. Is that enough? Is it enough for me to teach you what it does? It should be enough for me to teach it, but then there's something else that has to happen. You have to accept what I'm teaching. Yes, I have to show you how to live. I have to live right, but you have to do something before you can even see I'm living right. You got to get God in your heart, and then you got to listen to what He says and see if what I'm doing is wrong. Oh, but I just said you can't judge. That's not a judgment when you look at my fruit. If I'm not producing any fruit, you got a problem with me, right? If Tony and Kathy don't produce any fruit, we got a problem with that, don't we? Terry, and your your guest, but I'll pick on you too because I have no. I don't have any sugar on my lips. If Terry's doing something wrong, Kathy sees her doing it, what's Kathy's job? Let her know. Terry, this is what the Bible says. This is how we should act. Is she judging her? She's teaching. Say it again, Annie. Say it loud where they can hear you. Keeping us accountable. Accountability is a big thing, isn't it? Who keeps us the most accountable? God. And who keeps score? Really? Really? God don't keep score. Because if you ask God to forgive you your sin, what's he do? And what happens to it once he forgives you? Is it really? Is it really gone? Wait till you get down in the dumps and you get down in the mouth and you get a little, you see a little bit of conflection coming along or you see a little bit of headache coming along. What is the first thing you're going to do? You're going to reach down and pick it back up and then you're going to try to fix it. 
And then when everything goes wrong and everything ain't working, God, I gave that to you and you didn't take care of it. I'm preaching something, y'all. We have a tendency to do that, don't we? So what is our what is our deal in this? What do we have to do? We got to develop a relationship with Christ to the point where we got more of Christ in us than we do the world. And how do we do that? How do we do that? I mean, sir, People say surrender everything. Okay, well, how do I surrender something? How do I know how to do that? If I knew how to surrender it, I'd have done it when I was 15 years old. I didn't have a relationship with Christ at that time. I didn't know what Christ expected from me. I didn't know the rules. I didn't know the promises. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. But everybody kept saying, surrender it to God. If you don't know how to do that, how do you do it? See, where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing of the word. If no one preaches, who hears it? If no one talks about it, who hears it? Oh, I'm getting on y'all, ain't I? Getting on a little bit here, ain't I? It's easy to judge people. It's easy to look at what people are doing and say, they ought not be doing that. But why don't you get in the Word of God with them and show them what God says about it. Show them how to live the way God called you to live. Show them how to turn their life over to Christ. Show them how to read the Bible. Show them how important going to church is. Show them how important it is to go to Bible study and learn about God. You think you can learn all this on your own? Good luck. I've been reading this thing for 13 years, three and four times a week. You know what I know about it and concept of it? About a third. Because every time I read it, it changes. Every time I read it, I don't know if th this doesn't change. But you know what changes when you read this? You do. And the deeper you get, the deeper you can go. The more you learn, the more there is to learn. This Word of God, we call it the living Word. It is a living Word. But what makes it live? If I take this Bible, and I ain't going to close it because I won't never find my place, but if I close this Bible up and I lay it on the shelf and I leave it there for six months and I never pick it up, is it still the living Word? Then I got it in a coma. Because it ain't me doing me a bit of good. If I don't look at this word, read this word, it's in a coma. And I'm not improving. Y'all get where I'm going this morning? These guys went to the temple to seek God. Where do we need to go? We need to go to the temple. We need to go to the living temple. And who is the living temple? Christ Jesus. He told the Pharisees, I'll tear down the temple in three days, rebuild it. They got offended. They got mad. How can that man say he'll tear down our temple and build it back in three days? 
He wasn't talking about a building with brick and mortar. He was talking about the temple of God, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. I will tear it down and I will build it back in three days. So who is the temple? So where do we need to be going? We need to be going to the temple, don't we? Huh? With our heart. Well, make your mind up to go with your heart, and your heart will lead your mind the rest of the way. Oh, I just said something theological, didn't I? I said something pretty, pretty theological there, didn't I? If you let your mind make your mind up that you want to get your heart right, your heart will change your mind and make your, your mind right. And when your mind gets right and your heart's right, what happens then? Your mouth will get right. Ooh, I didn't say that out loud, did I? You see, changing ourselves is not just changing our spirit. It's changing our mind, changing our actions, and changing the way we live. Stop living in your garbage and expecting God to give you streets of gold. You want blessings from God? Stop living the dirty life. I don't know about y'all, but I'm sweating like a, this is hot up here. Is it me or is it, I am. <laughs> y'all don't even know how on fire I am right now. Through him we have received grace in the apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Y'all with me? among whom you also are called to Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, call to the saints. Grace to you and peace from God and the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Where's my peace come from? Where's my peace come from? God. Where's my joy come from? Where's my understanding come from? Really? God does all that? God does all that? He gives me peace, understanding, and happiness in my life? Really? Really? It takes all three of them to give me. It takes the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father... Father is the creator. Christ is the savior. Holy Spirit is my comfort and my peace and my understanding. It takes all three. If God could have done it by himself, he wouldn't have had to give his son. And if the father and the son could have done it by theirself, they wouldn't have told the disciples to go into the upper room and stay there until the Holy Spirit came. It takes all three, guys. And how do I get tapped into all three? Oh, First off, I got to hear the word of God. Then the Holy Spirit's got to draw me to Christ. And once I'm drawn to Christ and I accept Christ, guess what? I got a free ticket to the Father. So I've got to listen to that Holy Spirit first, don't I? And where does that come from? It comes from hearing of the word. It comes from that preacher man that stands in the middle of the aisle and spits on people. It comes from that comes from that Sunday school teacher that takes the time to put together a lesson and teach you. 
It comes from you studying the word of your God and doing what the Bible tells you to do. You see, it's not a one-person show, is it? I could be the greatest preacher in the world, but if you don't do your part, what good am I doing? If you don't receive what we're given, what good is it? If you don't apply what's being put into your life, how are you going to survive it? When you accept Christ your Lord and Savior, is that the end of the job? Is that all you got to do is just say, I believe in you, Jesus? That's the first step of many steps to come. Oh, Jr., you're making this hard. No, I'm not. I'm not making it hard. I made it hard for me. I went about seven or eight, ten years making it hard on myself because I knew who Jesus was. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, but I didn't want to be obedient to what the Word said. I didn't want to change what I was doing because, see, I liked myself. I liked what I was doing. So what do you have to do to me? David knows what he had to do to me. David watched it a little bit. He saw me get broken into millions of pieces. He saw me become addicted. He saw me become so earthly that you couldn't find Jesus in me if you tried. And whose, whose fault was that? Was it God's fault? Was it the devil doing it? No? No. See, the devil was beat 2,000 years ago. He was whooped down into a puddle of mud, put in the lake of fire. He has no authority. He has no power. He has nothing to offer you. He has no strength. That's why when he hears the name Jesus, he got to flee. The devil can't control my life, people. The only one that can bring the devil into my life is me. I can give him strength. I can give him authority. You know where I learned that? In the Bible. The Bible taught me that the more authority I give the devil, the harder my life's going to be. And when I quit giving the devil the authority to do in my life what he wants to, guess what? I win. I win those battles. And every time I win a battle, guess what? I get a little stronger. The more I put God's Word into my life and the more I write the Word of God into my heart, the easier it is for me to fight those battles. And eventually, somewhere down the line, God only knows when it's going to be, I'm going to be so biblically smart and so biblically charged and so eat up with the Word of God that I won't even know how to say the word devil. I don't know when it's going to be, but I can tell you how I'm going to get there. I'm going to open that book up and I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to go to Bible studies. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to listen to other people that live God's life. And I'm going to try to focus on what I got to focus on. And what did God tell us to focus on? 
be Christ-like. Christ came as a flesh, okay? He lived on this earth for 33 years in flesh to show us something. And what did he show us? It can be done even in your flesh. It can be done. Oh, but he's half spirit. You better be more than half spirit. You better get some spirit of God in you or you ain't going to make it. Tony, am I right? If you ain't got some spirit in you, you ain't going to make it. Oh, I don't believe in that Holy Spirit stuff. You better get to believing in it. You better know that that Holy Spirit is real. And you better learn how to tap into those gifts. Because without them, you ain't got a chance. Woo, I just made a bunch of people mad, I know. <laughs> that would be like a doctor going to work without a mask, right? That's a whole different story. Shut up, JR. <laughs> I'm going to get political things started again. People, we have an obligation. Our obligation is to live the Word of God. Don't let me say that again. Our obligation is to live the Word of God. Not read it. Not know it. Not carry it around in a suitcase. Our job is to live the Word of God. And where do we do that at? Everywhere and anywhere. Oh, but J.R., you know, I'm not the preacher. You are. <laughs> I tell you this, and I hate to break your heart about this, but you're just as much a preacher as I am. I just happen to be the pastor. I'm the gatekeeper of this building. I'm the one that's responsible for making sure you understand it. But who's responsible for receiving it? I can give it to you. And this contact is fixed to pop out so y'all don't get grossed out. Hang on a second. Maybe I can make it lay down. Okay, maybe. I want you to understand something today. I love every one of you. I love you so much and I care so much about you that I want you to receive what God has for you today. If you've been saved and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've accepted Christ and you said, I want Jesus in my life. I challenge you to do something this morning. Actually apply that to your life. Actually let him come in. Let him move into that emptiness in you. And if there's no room for him in that empty void because you got too much other junk in it, did I say something big then? You got too much other junk in there that there's no room for Jesus? Expel that junk. Get rid of those addictions. Get rid of that hatred. Get rid of that hurt feeling. Get rid of that anger and that passion for the world. Get rid of all that stuff. Tara, how'd I do that? Dear Heavenly Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I haven't been living right for you, and I know I haven't been doing the things I need to do. Come into my life right now and take out everything that does not coincide with your word. Take out everything that offends you. Move around the things that you need me to get rid of. Give me the strength and the courage to lay it down 
right now. In the name of Jesus. You prayed that with me? And you believe it? Guess what? Don't pick it back up this afternoon. Don't go back down there to the liquor store and buy you another bottle of booze. Don't go buy another pack of cigarettes. Don't go home, click that computer on, and watch them funky things that you watch. Stop doing it. Stop judging people for what they're doing and start looking at what you're doing. Stop thinking about, well, you know, I'm so much better than so-and-so. Because guess what? You ain't. You ain't all that in a bag of chips, I promise you. Did I say that right? Did I say it for truth? You ain't all that in a bag of chips. So suck it up, buttercup. Build a bridge, and let's all get over it. Let's get over the, the hurts and the hurt feelings and the, the guilt and all the stuff that we carry around with us. And put what you need in your life in your life. You know what you need today? You need Jesus more than anything else. Once Jesus moves in, he'll clean the house up. And he'll bring that Holy Spirit to live with you. And what he can't clean up, the Holy Spirit will. But every time you go to do something stupid, he's going to smack you in the back of the head. Every time you try to do something that ain't the will of God, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you, don't do that. And you know what you're going to do? But, 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 I like that. I want to do that. Stop being who you're not. Today, right now, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of God. You are an heir to the throne of God. You know what that means? You're a son, a daughter, a brother of Jesus Christ. So can you do what Jesus did? Yeah, you can. Can you do it greater than he did? He said you can. He said, I will do greater things than he did. And why will I do greater things? I know a lot of people don't understand it. Why will what I do be greater than what he did? Y'all ready for this? It's a simple explanation. He did it because he was made that way. I did it because I believe he was made that way. And through my faith, I will do greater things than he did. Does that make sense? I mean, it's easy for a dog to be a dog, right? Because he was made that way. But if you can be a dog and do it better than he did, isn't that a greater feat? Hmm. That's kind of a bad analogy, isn't it? But it's a true analogy. You can be a bigger jerk because you're a bigger jerk. We can be big sinners, can't we? How many of y'all live for the devil and did it good? How much better can you do living for God? It's up to you, isn't it? So right now, if you're within the sound of my voice, anywhere in the world, I don't care where you're at, I don't care what time of the day it is, if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, everything I said to you this morning 
absolutely means nothing unless you allow that Holy Spirit to draw you to Christ right now. The Holy Spirit's talking to you. You may not want Him to. You may not want to listen. But God said His Word never goes out void. So somebody somewhere is being told by the Holy Spirit that they need Jesus. If that's you, submit yourself right now. Humble yourself. Turn from your evil ways and ask Christ into your life. It's a simple thing to do. But if you're sitting in here today and you accepted Christ a long time ago and things just ain't working right, you still got addictions in your life, you still got hatred in your life, you still got guilty feelings in your life, it's time to give them over. Turn them over to God. Lay him at the foot of the cross and walk away. And then do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Don't ever walk back and pick them back up. Give them to God right now. If there's anything in this room that I can help you with this morning, anything that you need for God to do something in your life, we're here for you this morning. And we're also here on the telephone. We're here on the internet. We're here wherever you can get a hold of us. If you need something right now, just call us, text us, email us. Better than that, come and visit us. Oh, JR, Wiley, Texas is a long ways from where I am. We're only a phone call away. The Word of God is still right where it was this morning. Let's go, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father God, I ask if there's anybody in this room that needs your, your guidance this morning or your touch, whether it's for salvation, better living, better understanding, or just a, a, a Jesus squeeze or a hug. Whatever you need, right now is your time to do it. And we ask that the Holy Spirit move their feet. Let it happen in the name of Jesus right now. Bless us as we go out of this place today and into the world outside. Protect us, watch over us, guide us, and lead us back here to another service. Father, be with Charlie and his group tonight as we travel out there to witness one of the greatest gifts that the church can give a pastor. Just watch over us all as we do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.